Welcome back to Don't Call It a Book Club. My name is Luke. My name is Dan. Today we have finished The Stone Sky. We did this book in two, not three, so make sure you finish the book. Um, before we get to the book, though, we've got a little bit of housekeeping to do. Mm-hmm. First things first, uh, as I have mentioned in the past, I'm getting married. Uh, actually, this upcoming weekend, and for that purpose, Dan and I are taking a couple weeks off of the podcast. So, uh, for the next two weeks, there will be no pods because uh, of of some celebrating mm-hmm. that we're doing. Dan and I together, well, separately, I guess. <laughs> but Dan's coming to the <laughs> That was weird. Luke and I are um, not getting married to each other. We should say this. We're not getting married to each other. Right, right. Um, but, so, so yeah, yeah. Two weeks off, and then... Um, we'll be returning with a new book, which we have not yet decided on yet. So uh, if you have any suggestions for what books uh, to come back to, let us know on you know any of our social medias, the subreddit or, or Twitter, I think are, are the main ones that we check. Or Discord, I should say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, plus, now we got to get we got to get warmed up as well. Yes. Yes, we do get the get a little kinetic energy. You know, get a little kinetic energy in our system. That's right. That's right. Um, I'm gonna warm up first, and we're gonna do, we're gonna do two minis since we're since we're missing a couple weeks. I'm gonna start. Okay. And um, in the in the in the process of preparing for the wedding and like getting all the all the things set up, we've gone to like several little like craft stores and other things, right? Fun. Yeah. And uh, this is going to sound weird and, and very general, but dude, there are so many things. End of sentence. <laughs> um. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. Just Luke. things. If you've ever like just gone to like freaking Joanne Fabrics, which is one of the most depressing places in the world, but uh, go in there. And just like browse the shelves, especially the shelves closer to the cash register, because you'll just be like, what the, how are there this many things in the world that people have made and done things with? You're saying like little, little wicker balls that you can put plants in and foam in every shape you can imagine. And that's that stuff, but also just like little gadgets that are like so specific and then like multiply that by i don't know how many stores there are (laughs) millions right like you're saying when you say little gadgets you mean to make little simple tasks easier yes but like when you see them you cannot imagine someone buying them Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but luke imagine this you you could be going through your day entirely gadget based you could be a go-go gadget your entire day where okay. all these tasks you're doing with your stupid human hands and you could be doing them <laughs> with a gadget. This is true. This is true. Um, yeah, this, this, this was a criticism. Uh, I do appreciate that you're, you're turning it into potentially a positive. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't mm-hmm. think that you've, you've gone into these stores uh, with this mindset yet. But I would encourage you to and I and I and I want to and I want to hear back 
just if you get the realization that just like how are this there this many just random freaking things in the world do you have one example do you remember one specific thing Uh, or were there just too many things for you to pick one so it's overwhelming so two two reasons why i can't give a specific things number one is what you've you've said which is that there are too many things and it was overwhelming uh number two is that i write these warm-up ideas in my notes folder uh (laughs) then we come back to them so i wrote this note down like two months ago (laughs) Uh, okay yep 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 yep. but i stand by it i stand by it it's too much stuff luke i i think my mini is actually related to yours i think it's related to yours and it came up recently because i was at a bachelor party and we were staying Mm -hmm. in an airbnb which was decorated with a bunch of old books and i was at a wedding today a lot of weddings Mm. in my life recently i was at a wedding today (laughs) and the centerpieces also had a bunch of old books and okay i think they've started to have the opposite effect on me whereas i think the intended effect is hey look at us we read important sure. old books wait so can i can i ask ask a clarifying question really quickly yes please when do. you say old books do you mean just like copies of a book that has that has been read a lot and it's like ratty and old or do you mean like a copy of a book that is like been around been been in publication for a long time um both but not a popular okay. book Okay. These are old books that are by like old authors, but not Okay, essentially how it works is people go to a old used bookstore or a thrift store looking for old books, just books that look like they were printed a long time ago and then okay. put them on shelves or tables as decoration. These are not books that you would want to read. They're not things that are really interesting to read. Okay. And I can guarantee the people who use these as decoration have not read these books because they're boring as hell. If you actually opened one up, you're like, oh, nobody has ever actually read this book. It's just old and looks like important and old. Like you're going for a vibe here. You're not going for a, these aren't your books. Like you didn't read these books. That's not why you put them out. It's not like, oh yeah, these are all my books. I like reading them. They're old. So, you know, they're good. No. Right. Okay. And so they're going for a vibe. And my issue is they give me the opposite of the vibe they're going for. Because mm-hmm. as soon mm-hmm. as I see bookshelves full of old books, I'm like, you don't read these. I know you've never read these. Yeah. You, and in fact, this makes me think you don't read because <laughs> you would just put your books up here if you read. Right. Like if you if you read i i would see the books that you like on here (laughs) right 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 instead i'm saying like like, this this table would have the cradle series on it (laughs) right right we'd get some red rising on this table instead instead what do we got we've got like i don't know one of alexander dumas lesser known works i don't know uh (laughs) and like maybe you have read that and actually at the wedding i went to today apparently the groom does like reading old books so 
maybe that's if I if okay. I learn more. <laughs> what, do you, what do you mean? The groom likes reading old books. <laughs> I, I, I guess he likes reading Dumas and stuff like that. Um, <laughs> I've never heard of someone reading the category of books that they like is just old ones. <laughs> old. I like the old ones. Okay, this is fair. This is fair. Um, and they do like reading. So if, but I will say the initial vibe I get is the opposite. Like I, I have to then investigate more, but the, mm-hmm. the, if I'm just taking my first impression of it is like, Oh yeah, you don't read. You definitely don't read. You want me yeah. to think you read, you don't read. <laughs> you like the idea of reading. You think it's cool. You don't do it. Yeah. That's fine. Yeah. That is fine. There's nothing wrong with not liking to read. I don't think. No, it just makes you stupid as hell. <laughs> we can say that because everyone listening to the pod reads, Luke. We could totally <laughs> rag on point. people who don't read right now. <laughs> Let's pander like a little bit. Idiots. I think that's good. I think they're just inferior in every way. Also, grow up and get a Kindle. <laughs> <laughs> now, if you put a Kindle on your shelf, then I'd be like, okay, this person reads and also is missing their Kindle somewhere. <laughs> right. So right. Needs to get them their Kindle yeah okay i i should also say you don't have to you don't have to read on a kindle no. i don't want to i don't want to i want to rag on people that don't listen to the pod i don't want to rag on people that may potentially listen to the pod so okay yeah this is true this is a good idea um okay luke, luke so i guess i'm gonna we're gonna find out i'll report back if luke has books as part of his centerpieces at his wedding everybody don't tell us don't spoil it ahead of time luke yeah okay uh, yeah unconfirmed so far uh, and I'll report back if Luke is a total poser or not. <laughs> okay. Okay. Good. Um, all right. Let's. I'm definitely warmed up. Let's. Let's get. Let's get into the book. Like I said, we've finished the Stone Sky, and I do want to say, I don't know if this is at the beginning, uh, but I did get a little bit excited because uh, we got a little we got a little water treatment discussion in here. We did, Luke. Do you wanna do you wanna tell us how did they did? It? Give us the professional yeah. uh, take. I mean, there wasn't there wasn't any details, so I'm not. There's not really a review on how we did, but uh, when they get into the city, they're talking about how no one knows how to run the water system, the water treatment system, mm-hmm. and Taki's got to figure it out. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love that. Good, good. I'm I'm excited. It's I want to hear more. It's important. We're talking. It's... We we talking water reuse over here. It sounds like it because she's talking about poop and sewage. Yeah, she's talking about wastewater. Yeah. So that's kind of neat. They also are collecting water, you know, on their way through the desert. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's cool, I guess. Good for them. <laughs> I, I always have to do it. When I see water, something water-related, I have to bring it up. Okay. That's, right. my, that's my rule. <laughs> good luke i'm glad i'm glad we found a new role for luke and i appreciate that brandon sanderson viciously mocked you for it the first time it came up so that's fine we've set the tone for luke talking about water (laughs) stuff um i think we also since we're talking about science stuff did you get the impression the moon still had a hole in it yeah i did wouldn't happen right no way um okay so I, I can't remember. Was it actually a hole or was it just a really big crater? I thought it went all the way through because I somebody was talking about seeing stars through it. I, 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 I think you're right. 
I think you're right. Sure. Now, maybe they were be- maybe it was hyperbole. Maybe the- you didn't go all the way through. They just were like, it's so deep. Maybe I could see stars in it. And actually, now that I think about it, it would look really dark if there was a big crater in the moon. Um, but my issue is it just it just wouldn't work. Like the the hole wouldn't exist because the gravity would just crush. It. Like it would everything would, would collapse re- it would in. Reseal, on it. you mean? Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And like same sure. th- same thing with this hole that goes through the middle of the Earth. Like there's got to be something. There's got to be something keeping that hole open. Well, yeah, they they thought about that, and they put little uh, they put little walls up. All right, but the moon mm, wouldn't go all the way through, guys. <laughs> That's right. This is actually interesting because this is our second book in which the moon has taken a beating. Oh, if you remember Seven Eves, uh, spoilers for Seven Eves, the moon blows up. You're right, Luke. This is Man. well. And I mean, in the last book we read about the spore, well, that wasn't the last book, but the book with the spores, mm-hmm. they were all mm-hmm. coming from the moon. So a lot of moon action. A lately. lot of moon. I'm into it, though. I like the moon. It's kind of a cool little guy. <laughs> it's a cool Pro little moon guy here. Good. For us. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm going to get away from the moon, though. Okay. We, we will come back to it a little bit later, I think near the end. But before that, I just have to say, we definitely have talked about this before. Every time an origin is cool with a bunch of other people and they form a comm together, it's just so much better. Mm-hmm. What? Why are we murdering origins? What? I do not understand. I still, to this day, am like, hey... When you have an origin with you, shit just goes so much better. Like, it just is better. It's just easier to do everything. They can, like, block arrows. They can kill people instantly and you can take their supplies. They can, like, sense when people are close by. They're just so useful. (laughs) They stop earthquakes just, like, for fun. Yeah, yeah. I... I can't remember since it's been a while since we've done the other books, but I, I, I can't remember if we've talked about this in the past. I assume so. But I do agree with you. Um, so so the main reason, I think, is that untrained origins will accidentally cause, like, very bad things to happen. Yes. Right? Yes. But, like, train them. <laughs> And not not the sadistic way. Not the terrible fulcrum way. Um just the cool way. The right. cool a little and... hog a little Hogwarts for origins. Right. Give them give them little houses. Just don't have a Slytherin, maybe. Just choose to not have <laughs> that one. It's, yeah. And then um, train them up and have them just be cool. Have them be the coolest people around. Right. Because there is I think I think like multiple of our main characters talk about this where they're like the world would actually be fine if we like w- did this correctly right like even if this the like quakes and stuff continued if you like worked out a system to include the origins in a constructive way I think they do say that it would like actually be fine in terms of the like natural disasters that we see right yeah 
because they're like good at controlling things. And I actually wonder if this is part of Evil Earth's plan because he's the one controlling the Guardians, right? Through those pieces of core metal. Yeah. And the Guardian's role through Fulcrum is to like take origins and tightly control them and train them for a very specific purpose. And I I wonder if this is part of a strategy to keep this separation, to keep this like origins are evil and need to be separated and taken away from your communities because they're dangerous and we can train them. We're only going to send them out to specific areas as part of a larger scale operation by the earth to like win, to keep winning the war. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's, I think that's a good point. I kind of, I kind of forgot how much uh, they were controlled. It's a little bit unclear to me how much of a direct control the earth has on the guardians. I think pretty strong. Yeah. Because like, even when Shafa is able to do whatever he does to like break the break the immediate connection, it's still like very difficult for him to do things. So yeah, I think that's I think that's probably a big part of it actually. Yeah. Which is interesting that that's the strategy of the earth is like not to just kill all the origins, but to like tightly control them to have this like fight between regular people and origins to have this like weird cultural f- like like discrimination like this and i don't know if we can necessarily entirely blame the earth for creating this or if this is kind of just a natural state of human mm-hmm. like if this is something that nk jemison is saying about humanity and like ah, they're always going to have some origins um and we're always going to hate people like that right Um, i mean that's explicitly stated actually about the the uh the civilization that came before right yes yes exactly um and so i think part of it is earth's plan to kind of keep humanity weak um so they can't threaten earth anymore um but it also, I guess, is probably a little bit natural. Um, uh, hmm. I just think it's wild that this origin camp, like any time an origin is with a bunch of stills, they just are crushing it. They're just doing so much better. <laughs> right. It's just so, it's it's such an advantage. Yeah. When it's actually being like used for, for, for this kind of thing, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> in almost every aspect of life yeah yeah um so i don't know yeah get to get to get an origin seems good did you did you catch this origin story for the origins for uh did i no i don't think so for all of the origins in general yeah, I mean? yeah. so we learn where the stone eaters come from we also learn where almost all origins come from i think all all origins actually okay so in this story that is in the like the way before times where they're creating these obelisks there is this woman named kaleni or kalenli and she is like one of the stone eaters but like a prototype 
and still looks like kind of normal, like she looks like everyone else, and can get pregnant, and it is revealed that she probably has a child at the end. Mm-hmm. And this is like Hoa's big thing is to save her. He like, everybody chooses to like essentially wipe out the civilization. And he kind of says at the end, like he's pretty sure they did it. He's pretty sure they succeeded in saving her. She is like an origin. So I was, I was wondering about this because I know what you mean. Um, I, I thought it was more that she was the like, first of the lorists i think that this is true but she also i mean it can it can be both i I think it's both i think it's both because i think she also has this ability that's been like bio engineered into these people and no one else really has (laughs) this ability and so it's like been changed over time but there does seem to be like a genetic component to this ability okay yeah no i think i think you're right now that i think about it more um, I was, it did seem like th- most people have of this, like, uh, of this civilization have some abilities. I think they were just like really weak. Well, they all have this organ, right? Right. Yeah. But, but it, it doesn't really work well for most people. Yeah. And so I think origins, it works very well for, and I think that's. And we get this sense that, so when Nassan is doing her thing at the end with magic and orogeny, it's like Hoa describes it as tuning. It's what they used to do. Okay, true. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's true. Good. That That is a good origin story. I, I thought it was really just more of uh, the Loris because it says that she like travels around accumulating the the what is it called stone lore i mm-hmm. think mm-hmm. and telling people that <laughs> that must have been a tough job that people looked at her a little crazy when <laughs> she was walking around he's like hey the world's gonna end in 80 years let's get ready yeah i think it would have been a lot easier by the fact that she just had to point to the sky at night and be like hey you know how the moon's gone Hey, you know how the moon is now gone? Get ready. Okay, okay, okay. But a hundred years from when this happens. Yeah. Right? Yeah. At the time that it happens, very few, if any, people have ever seen the moon. What? No. No. Luke, the moon used to be around. The moon used to be a normal moon. Right. And then it got... The moon goes away, and then a hundred years later, oh, I see. the shattering happens. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, fair. But then, so I, you just have to be like, I "Hey, do... Grandpa, why are we getting ready for this?" And Grandpa's like, "Cause there used to be a moon. Now keep planting potatoes." <laughs> right. There used I, to be a I moon. I still think I realize that. I do agree that seeing the moon go away would be like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> But I still think I still think it would be tough to convince people once it's like further removed. Mm. I agree. I do think you're right. There's a lull. There's a period there where it's like, all right, nothing's really changed. The moon just disappeared. Right. So I think we're fine. Es- es- 
especially if it's not like if the story is the moon is off and on a trajectory to come back and hit us. Mm. Sure. I think that's an easier sell than the moon is gone and then kind of separately, but in a related incident, all of these things are going to come crashing down. I think that's I think that's a hard sell. Yeah, that's fair. Okay. I'm not I'm not doomsday prepping for that. I don't think really. And I'm and it's going to it's going to be bad for me, I guess. I guess it is. I am. (laughs) Well, you doomsday prep anyway. So that's true. That's true. Uh, Since we're hmm, I do want to come back to the moon for a second. Okay. What is the Earth's deal with the moon? I don't get it. Is he? Does the moon have personality? Like, is the moon a friend to the Earth? Because, like, yeah, I get it that the Earth is alive and has a spirit and a personality and hates people. But I don't think the moon is alive, right? Yeah, this this confused me a little bit, too, because in an earlier book, it talks about taking the moon away from the Earth as if they're, like, either, like, father-daughter or, like, siblings in some way. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then the, like, the conflict is semi-resolved by bringing the Earth back, right? But it was my understanding from this book the the actual like event that starts the war is more taking the earth's energy and then the moon thing is just kind of like unrelated and a yeah. side effect <laughs> correct yeah that the moon is like yeah a side effect exactly the moon is not the big thing that happened hmm. so now, now, here's what it could be, I guess. It could be a little bit of misplaced causation, right? Like, maybe the lorists all talk about it being about the moon, when in fact it's just the, f- the idea that we've built these giant death lasers around the Earth. And when we blasted the moon away, the death lasers are still around, right? Like, the obelisks are still around, and the threat is there. And when we bring the moon back, we used up all the remaining energy in the obelisks, so the Earth is no longer threatened anymore. So it was more the idea Ooh. that the obelisks still had enough energy to potentially harm Earth, and bringing the moon back was the way of using up the excess energy and making it. Like essentially, okay. we are de-escalating nuclear tensions here. We're we are deconstructing yeah, yeah, yeah. So our nuclear it's, armada. It's like we have this big gun. That we're threatening the earth with. Mm-hmm. And we do some unrelated task that we think has has made everything chill. Whereas the earth just sees like, oh, the gun's gone. Yeah, exactly. I think that there's something to that. Yeah, yeah. It's just like, get these amethysts away from me, man. I'm tired of your like crystal healing bullshit. Okay, it doesn't <laughs> work. Uh, and it makes me really <laughs> uncomfortable please get a vaccine okay just get a vaccine (laughs) they also make this really annoying buzzing sound that i don't think you guys can hear you guys can't hear it it's so loud (laughs) (laughs) yeah i think i think that's it probably and the moon is just just unrelated and yeah okay do you think earth would have been cool with like bringing any large 
astronomical object close by and maybe maybe the earth was even hoping we'd bring something different other than the moon like <laughs> yeah i saw moon for a long time i'm kind of done with the moon if you could bring a cool big asteroid close that'd be even better that'd be I'd, sweet i'd love to get a um, cool asteroid can i actually tell you what i thought originally the the resolution was going to be okay yeah i thought that sending the moon away had been like some aspect of the moon was originally part of the earth and had been like torn away and mm-hmm. sent away. Mm-hmm. And then Alabaster opens the rift and I thought they were going to like shove the moon back in. <laughs> <laughs> like a birth in reverse. Right. Right. <laughs> like, like, Here, let's pack, pack it in a little bit. <laughs> you got to put the moon back in. Come on. <laughs> That's what I thought. I thought it was going to be the earth was just a little hungry. Here comes the airplane. <laughs> Just kidding. It's the moon. Now eat it. Right. Yeah, that would have worked, worked out. That would have worked out great for everybody involved, I think. It's kind of what uh it's kind of what uh the gray man or or steel was trying to do. Just it, with more velocity. It is. Yeah. Um and it seemed like the earth was even not cool with it. It was the biggest right. pivot I've ever seen where the earth is like, yeah, 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 come on, do this thing, do this thing. And then suddenly it's like, hey, actually, don't do that. I'm not into that particular thing. Right. That that part of it's bad. Um, yeah. Can we are you ready to actually move to um, actually actually before before we get to where I was going to say. So we talked a little bit about the cause of of the of the um altercation i'll call it which is that the human civilization was trying to harness the earth's energy for like an unlimited basically energy source right Mm -hmm. yeah here's and and at the time they were not aware that the earth was alive yeah that the earth would fight back which i will say somewhat of a reasonable assumption i think it yeah and i think it's reasonable for two things that we should talk about briefly other than the fact that just like yeah it's the earth come on why would it be alive right um (laughs) but also you know they had no problem they talk about how life is sacred and they're kind of mocked for it hoa kind of mocks them for it because in their Mm -hmm. view life is sacred because it's a tool because it's useful for them and being alive doesn't really matter like they don't really care what being alive means they just care what it can do for them which we see from this horrific moment where all the stone eaters look at the obelisk and see the people like vine attached to it and having their life force sucked away and the person who's there explaining how it works just like doesn't care they just have no idea that this is a horrific scene they're just like oh yeah this is how our power generation works we have all these people in medically induced comas and we suck their life force away and it's really complicated and boring. You guys probably don't care about it. Um, <laughs> right. <laughs> and so I think that's the other reason why they probably don't think about the earth being alive as mattering. Um, but anyway, that wasn't the point you were trying to make. I, I do actually want to stay there for a second. Uh-huh. Um, and... <laughs> I didn't have this. I didn't have this written down, so this is a little off the cuff. But could this have been a nice little uh, Matrix crossover? Oh, 
right? Because in the Matrix, the humans are there as a power source and they're in a, in a coma. Which, which one's Neo? Hold on, guys. Where's Neo? We need to find <laughs> Neo because he's going to save us. Right. Right. The chosen one. Is Hoa Neo? Yeah. But uh, Hoa could be Neo. Wait, let me a little rearrange bit of a the different letters. origin story. Yeah. <laughs> but I hope that they at least, I miss, I, I'm, they didn't, to be clear, because these are obviously terrible people. Um, give them a nice little dream. Yeah, I don't know. At think... least the robots did that in The Matrix. Be better than the robots in The Matrix. That's all I'm asking. That's all anybody's asking. And we're not. We don't seem to be. Because th- this, yeah, this was pretty horrific. Um, but getting getting back to the original point, beyond how terribly immoral this civilization is, the decision to, like, to do the earth energy move is like pretty logical. Oh yeah, totally. Which I do. I, I, I do actually really appreciate it because when you're thinking about it, it's like, Oh yeah, obviously they're the villains in this story, but like, that's what they would do. <laughs> like that's, yeah, it's actually kind of smart. <laughs> right. It's like actually, like, a if you have that thing. mindset, it's gene. It's like, Hey, you know how there's scarcity. So it would be cool if there wasn't right. Right. And everyone's like, yeah, that would be cool. It's like, okay, we can do it. Guys, we could do it. <laughs> everyone's like, yeah, let's do it. I am curious to see the protesters because there were, had to be some. Well, oh, for there for sure were some. But I think they, I think they were protesting because of... <laughs> I think they were worse. I think the protesters were worse <laughs> because I think the protesters were there because they were like, ew, you're using these people to make the infinite power source like because this the old stone eaters look like this race of people that were genocided by this civilization and i think the reason they needed guards and security is because the protesters would have been like you're using that impure race to do our infinite power source thing i can't abide this no yeah yeah that's a bad look for the protesters um (laughs) I do hope there was at least one group uh, that was like the crazy ones, right? Uh-huh. Oh, the yeah. insane people. They were like, "Guys, the Earth is alive. We can't do this." We <laughs> the live Earthers. You know they were there. You're talking about the live you know, Earthers. The live Earthers. Yeah, they were there for sure. How many told you so's do you think they were doing? day two after the cataclysm right obviously day one you can't be smug because everyone's like oh our infinite power source really didn't work out that sucks also the moon's gone damn and then day two you can kind of be like hey so you all know i told you so right like we don't have to dwell (laughs) on it a lot but i did tell you so that the earth is alive right you guys you guys did laugh at me for a while for quite a long time like hundreds of years actually so so I think I'm president now. That's how that works. We need to negotiate with the Earth. Why has nobody Always. thought about this? <laughs> he can talk, apparently. Mm-hmm. Which is which is convenient. We got we got to talk to this guy a little bit more. Figure some stuff out. Find out why he loves the moon so much, huh? <laughs> and if he actually does love the moon, that's actually really important. <sighs> um. Hmm. Yeah, man. 
Can we talk about this ending? Yeah. Actually, actually, well, okay. Hang on for, yeah. for a second. Uh, I just want to say this is this is when we get to when we get to the city a little bit a little bit past where we were last last time, and oh, Masson yeah. sees all the stone eaters. Yes. And we learn like kind of how old stone eaters in general are. Mm-hmm. And I just want to say, the guys that are like holding up the trees, I've got to figure it out. I if you're gonna so. live forever, you need to do some kind of art thing that is like significant because of how long it takes. Yes, like this. This it's like actually a beautiful art form when you think about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like. These people are holding up the trees for so long in such a specific and delicate position that the tree grows in a specific way. Wow. Incredible. <laughs> uh, that's, right. That would be so moving to see like a bunch of trees that have been shaped this way and then see a person shaping a new tree in this way. Be like, whoa, that's incredible. I want to know more about right. this. Right, because you can do that with like ropes and pulleys and stuff, sure, but that's not that's lame. It's so lame. That's not handcraft. That's not artisan. Let's get back to the artisan bonsai. I've I did have a rant a while ago about how I might get into bonsai. I didn't ever get into bonsai, but if I did, <laughs> it would be like this. It would I would want to do it this way because this is the right way. This is right. the right way to do it. I do I do appreciate the honesty and the accountability here. Yeah. That's yeah, good. I gotta be. Um, okay, we can get to the ending. Okay. Uh, first, since we're talking about the Stone Eaters, so Nassen makes a pivot when Earth saves Shafa. When Earth takes the core metal out of his head, mm-hmm. Nassen's like, "Oh, okay. I guess there's another way to save Shafa, and her idea is to make everybody Stone Eaters." Yes. Okay. So she's going to turn everybody into stone eaters. And her mom, she's like running up, trying to get her to stop whatever she's going to do. She doesn't know. She doesn't know. And then she kind of tunes in and she's like, she's going to make everybody stone eaters. I got to stop this. Uh, Can we pause for just a second and like consider this as an option? Like we we didn't even consider it for a single second here. Okay, hang on though, because you're saying that she was going to turn them into stone eaters, whereas I, I think that she was going to turn them into stone. No. So Nassen's whole idea is to make everybody stone eaters so that uh, she saves so Shafa. Shafa's a stone eater. He'll live forever. And then he won't be lonely anymore because okay. they'll all be stone eaters and they'll all live forever. Like this is kind of her solution to the problem of people she loves dying is like well i'll just make everybody stone eaters and then nobody will die okay sure (laughs) you're saying you're saying not a bad outcome i'm saying maybe take a beat and be like hang on would this actually solve a lot of issues (laughs) and might this actually be a cool thing to do might this be actually good oh and i want us to take a minute and do the consideration that we never got Okay. What we I'm I'm gonna go pros cons here. Okay. Okay. Pros. Yeah. Pros. Uh, can travel almost instantaneously through the Earth. You want to go see anything? Okay. Yeah. You just take a day, go through the Earth. You can kind of go see it. Uh, 
other pros, you never get hungry anymore. You know how a lot of this book is people starving in the <laughs> desert? Yeah, that doesn't happen anymore. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, also, hey, you're just not going to die. So if you're into dying, sorry. But uh, otherwise, eh, don't really have to worry about it anymore. Um, there's not really anything to fight about either. We're all just kind of chilling now. Um, we, if you want to get into bonsai, there's some cool bonsai going on over there. <laughs> you can enjoy that. We're going to get up to some yoga later. Uh, and we're just all kind of chill, actually. We're kind of chill. That mm-hmm. Those guys over there really want to die, but like, eh. <laughs> sucks. Sucks for them, I guess. Right. Okay. Ugh. I, I I will say your point about there not really being anything to fight about is true in a material way, but I feel like th- there would be fights regardless. Okay, and there is still conflict as we have seen between Steel and Hoa. Right, but but that conflict is like, do we want to die or do we want to keep living? Whereas I feel like if everyone is turned into a stone eater, like, I still think that you'll have, like, political conflict of, like, who's in power in some way, right? Okay. It's, like, it's still going to be a civilization, I think, more so than, like, the stone eaters currently are. Because the stone eaters currently are just, like, a collection of people that do things kind of independently correct yeah right and maybe that will continue because they don't really need resources right but i don't know actually (laughs) right i don't know either i think this is fair it's also depending on your view of why civilizations form it could be that like because they don't need resources, they don't need to form a civilization. You could just go do whatever you want, and there's no reason to do collective action. Like, you don't need to make food or anything. You're just chilling. Right. Um, so, I don't know. I don't know what would happen. But I still think chances are it would be pretty good, potentially. <laughs> I I'm I'm seeing few cons here. I'm seeing few cons aside from, like, Living forever might not be great, and it seems right. like they kind of become disconnected from what it means to be human and lose emotional and, like, the connective ties between people, which also <laughs> might not be great. Right. I do think that the ceiling is very high. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's good. It could be, like, every person has their own passion project, and they spend you know, hundreds of thousands of years making uh, this one square mile really nice. Come up with a new game. Come up with a dope new football <laughs> two or something. Just the best game that yeah. has been perfected over over millions of years, <laughs> but with the same players. Have some fun with it, yeah. <laughs> okay. okay. Also, That's a good point. Also, the Stone Eaters can talk like directly to Earth. Mm-hmm. just just be like hey dude let's talk out our problems let's maybe figure out what's going on and see if we can come to a solution here because like we're all stone eaters yeah. now can we chill can we all be chill <laughs> right i mean it's 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 possible i do agree we do see the time frames that we're looking at where 
Hoa, I think it's Hoa, at the very end is like, <laughs> let's, we'll be together for the next five to six billion years. <laughs> the first 40,000, we're off to a rough start, right? Yeah. That's a lot. <laughs> Which leads me actually to my next question. Uh huh. Which is related. Hoa and Antimony turn their two human friends into stone eaters, right? Alabaster gets turned into a stone eater, and Essen at the very end gets turned into a stone eater. Uh huh. I I can't tell if they were they were like asking if they wanted to do this ahead of time. Mm. But is it rude? I feel like it might be rude to be like, you're going to hang out with me for the next 5 billion years. <laughs> <laughs> like, like as soon as you wake up as a stone eater, you're like, oh, the reason why you were hanging out with me that whole time is because you wanted me to be your like buddy for the rest of eternity. That's, right. That was your motivation. That's why you were being all tight with me is you wanted to <laughs> you wanted to ride or die <laughs> and we're never gonna die that's i mean i don't know about that i don't think that's very ethical of you to do man i mean i'm stuck here now but that wasn't cool right do you think also like we've only known each other for i don't know a few years <laughs> this would be like this would be like uh, <laughs> a friend I met in a like in an elementary school class being like yeah we're we're hanging out for the rest of your life <laughs> it's not enough time <laughs> yeah it's really not do you think do you think Alabaster knew this this is what I can't tell because Essen kind of does at the end and I guess gives kind of like implied consent kind of yeah i don't know if alabaster did or not i feel like he did i feel like he did too but that could have just been his vibe and that he was always acting like he knew everything right and so i just assumed he knew everything but maybe he didn't yeah i don't know man i don't know i think it's rude do you think do you think essen's a little pissed because I get that she really liked Alabaster at the end. Um, yeah. And she really appreciated him. But I could also see how he would be so annoying to spend like a billion years with. Right? <laughs> Not even like Hoa or Antimony, but just like Alabaster might be a bit much to spend a billion or two years hanging out with. Yes. Because they're going to be, yeah, I mean, like, they'll be similar, I think. And maybe it takes a couple hundred years for them to become who they were. But, like, I don't know. He was kind of annoying. <laughs> he was kind of <laughs> annoying to me. He was he was a great guy, but kind of a dork. Kind of annoying. Right. I, I, I do, I do some, do, I, I do agree a little bit. Um, I, I do want to ask, so, as, as humans right yes we have periods in which like we as people change quite a lot like oh like puberty uh, like well yes but also just like i'm very different now from like college me Mm -hmm. for example Mm -hmm. right 
And I and I do think that it's more concentrated on when you're younger, of course. So like, you there's a bigger f- difference between five years of a person at age like 15 and 20, let's say, than there is at like 40 and 45. Do you think that 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 there's still change at like a hundred thousand years? Oh, it's got to be exponential, right? It's got to be a like like the time that or like. So, like, I imagine there's a lot of change in the first hundred years of a stone eater. Yeah. And then the next hundred eaters, it's, like, half as much. And then it's, like, a quarter as much. And then an eighth. Mm-hmm. And a sixteenth. And a tenth. Oh, wait. That didn't work. A thirty-second, I meant. <laughs> right. Right. And, I like, I imagine after a hundred thousand years, it, we've approached the limit, right? We've reached the limit of change in a stone eater. Right, you're asymptotically asymptotically approaching at least. I feel like you've got to. Otherwise you're freaking everybody out, right? Otherwise you show up a day after you're like otherwise, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're like a billion years old and you show up one day with like a nose ring, everyone's gonna be like, What the fuck is going on? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like everyone would freak out. Everyone would be like, Who are you? What happened? <laughs> Ooh, this is fun because like at this point, very small differences are crazy. <laughs> exactly. For the last Ugh. for the last sixty thousand years, you've been holding up a tree. <laughs> now you got a, a nose ring. What is happening? What is going right. on? Who are you? Is that going to happen to yeah. me? I don't want that. Man, talk about all of the like the youths are out of control these days. <laughs> discourse that we currently get it would be times <laughs> 11 it would be huge yeah yeah i'm I'm into it oh man so maybe consider turning everybody into stone eaters essen you ever think about that <laughs> yeah I, you've convinced me for sure um can we talk back about the people for a second okay so we know we know danelle which I kept reading as Daniel because I'm going to, of course, read that as Daniel. <laughs> but Danelle is a lorist, actually. Yeah. And she goes along to like record the story of what happens with Essen and Nassen. Mm-hmm. So here's what Danelle saw. Danelle saw Essen run after Nassen and be like, hey, Nassen, wait. And then there's a bunch of obelisks in the sky Nassen raised up a wall. Oh, that's exciting. And then uh and then Essen just screamed after Nassen for like I don't know, 20 minutes. They started having they both started having seizures on the ground and then Essen turned to stone and Nassen her hand turned to stone and then she came down off a thing and that was it. Nothing really <laughs> She couldn't see the like energies that were flowing around and there was no right. obvious change in the world at all. Like <laughs> Right, cuz the moon essentially stays still. The moon doesn't change position. They are near the rift, so they don't see all the energy that's coming from this thing. They just see our two origins have seizures and then one of them becomes stone. And the other one, like, leaves her power pedestal or whatever. Right. And then, and then the the uh, 
the obelisks kind of like disappear. Yeah, the obelisks go into the hole in the ground. That's the story. Yes. How do you how do you tell that story in a way that's interesting? How do you how do you amp that up a little bit to actually get people interested? Yeah, it's a good point. <laughs> that like oh, this actually might not have been the most interesting place for like a Loris to be. Yeah. <laughs> right. Uh <laughs> I hadn't considered this. Yeah, you do have to like corroborate a little bit with other lorists, I think. Oh, like the ones near the rift? Right, like this article has has multiple people in the byline. Mhm. Where mm-hmm. you've got a couple perspectives. One of them is 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 this one is Danelle's and then it's like and seems like at a similar time the rifting was getting a little more chill. I think. Oh, we've got a Krakatoa situation. Right. And then, actually, is there, I don't think there's anything else to visibly see, actually. I don't think so, no. Because no one can see the moon. Like, you cannot see the moon thing. No, no, it just stays there. It's just like, oh, yeah, the moon didn't go away, which we realized only, like, days later. Uh, I guess it's just knowing, you, you got to know, you got to know the people. Right, which which Janelle does not. <laughs> no, uh, she's just like, yeah, I saw Essence scream for her daughter, and then they both had seizures, and then she turned to stone. Right. It seemed like there was maybe some history between them. I don't know what it was though. <laughs> <laughs> seemed really traumatic. Right. Hmm. This is tight because it leaves it leaves it all up to interpretation. A lot of it, like some like Hoa, for example, knows what happened. Yeah, but like I don't think Hoa is getting interviewed, or at least <laughs> or giving a a comprehensible interview. No, definitely not. So Danelle's just there, like making stuff up, and then they like shot a laser out of there. I, she's got to yeah. add some flair to this, right? She's got to be like, yeah. And then their giant laser beam shot out of the obelisk and hit the moon. And I, I saw it change color and stop. I saw it. Right. The moon stopped. Did a couple flashes. Yeah. Actually. It, it like winked at me. I saw it wink. <laughs> um. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't know. You're definitely making stuff up for sure. Because the, the, also the setting is really crazy, right? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. You've like gone and teleported basically to this really weird city and then like people convulsed for a little while and the world was saved. So you're definitely making stuff up for sure. Right. Yeah. Right. Like the stone eaters attacked. We had to fight them off while the origins were, I don't know, uh, stitching open, stitching closed the rift using energy from the moon. I don't know. (laughs) Something like that. A lot of speculation. You got to punch it up. Yeah, you do. Got to make it a good story. Also, what lesson do you take from this? Because the lorists are trying to like, like give practical knowledge, right? That's part of the reason they're valuable is they like have important practical knowledge. What's the Mm. practical knowledge she gets out of this? Hey, don't let your parents turn to stone, guys. Don't, (laughs) don't leave your kids. (laughs) This is... (laughs) This is where the lesson about the importance of family comes from is 
It's like, hey, you want to keep your families close because you never know what could happen, you know? <laughs> Crazy things can happen, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be tough when in like 10,000 years when Essen finally starts paying attention to the world <laughs> and is like, ah, oh, this actually isn't what happened when she reads when she reads the book. It's like it's like if the Odyssey came it was like <laughs> someone that lived during the Odyssey was all of a sudden like uh, a little bit different actually. Sorry, you're saying Odysseus did all this stuff by himself? No. Are you kidding me? Dude was trying to jump off the ship the whole time. We had to tie him to the freaking <laughs> mast, okay? Yeah, the siren story? We tied him to the mask, yeah. But uh, for different reasons. But we were all fine. He was just going nuts. <laughs> okay, okay. We, I don't know how we got here. But <laughs> now, now we're yelling about the Odyssey. But um, yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely punch it up. Um, do you have more notes about the end here? I don't. Okay, I, I don't think I do either. Do we, do we go for reviews? I think we go reviews, Luke. Okay. Okay. I think we do series reviews here because we've finished up the trilogy. This is the last book. Yes, I'm trying to. I'm trying to think now a little bit more about the series. If you're ready, go for it. I've thought about it, so I'll go for it. Okay, okay. I'm gonna give my ranking of the book. I'm gonna in in order of like which I which I liked the best, and I'm going mm-hmm. one three two. That's my ranking for books in the series that I liked. I the first book of this series is incredible. Really liked that book. The setting was cool. Yeah, great introduction. Second book, I think kind of kind of dragged a little bit. It kind of, it wasn't, it was still cool, but it didn't have the flash of the first book. And then this mm-hmm. book I thought was cool. This book, I appreciated the backstory. Like I really liked the flashbacks in this other civilization and how things were how things got to how they were. I like the idea of the earth being an antagonist. I thought that was actually kind of cool. Um, and it like the pieces kind of came together in this book that weren't like super satisfying, but I think satisfying enough. Like they were good. It was cause I think it's hard to end any series. Like I think that's a tough thing to do. Um, and I think NK Jemison did a pretty good job. Like I'm, I'm pretty satisfied with this ending. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. The the books I are th- also kind of depressing. I'll say this. The themes <laughs> the themes we're dealing with are very real and kind of terrible. Very real and current. Like yeah. world ending, <laughs> right. like environmental disaster, oppression of minority groups. Like it's not good stuff. Right. I, yeah. <laughs> this is that's a good point. Uh, the, the themes that we're dealing with are, are, are very tough and like, like the last book that we read, it's a bit of a downer, um, in some ways. I do think that I would put the second book last. Um, it was still a good, like, it was still a good book, but I think that the first and third were just, were just that much better. I'm trying to decide if I like the first better or the third better, because I think I might've liked the, this most recent one the last one more than you did 
Um, I am just a sucker for huge time differences. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Longtime listeners, I think, will know that. But anytime when you get just like huge, huge time jumps for me, <laughs> I'm so into it. I don't know why. Um, so I think I might put. I, I I think I might put this last one as my number one. Cause I, I, and yeah, I also do think the ending was like fairly satisfying for me. Um, I do really love the style of writing. It's just like very interesting. One thing that we didn't talk about is the little, the little, uh, parts about Alabaster's journal. Mm, that's true. Yes. I thought those were, I thought those were very cool. Those are very cool. And especially because you don't know what it is at first and then you realize yeah. what's going on. Yeah. Those are very good. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I, I love the series and I think, and I think I, I think I really enjoyed the last book. Maybe that's, maybe that's where I'll leave it. Okay. All right, Luke. Well, folks, that's a wrap. That's a wrap for the, uh broken earth trilogy a little mm-hmm. bit of oh maybe we maybe we healed the earth a little bit huh <laughs> maybe it's not so broken anymore how about that right thanks a little bit less thanks nk jemison for for writing a great trilogy um for healing this earth a little bit so luke will be off for a couple weeks uh mm-hmm. next time next time y'all hear from luke he will be a married man true that's correct yeah so drastically different it's gonna be it's gonna be crazy yeah it's gonna be dramatically different but we'll still be here you know and and i can guarantee we'll bring the the hot takes and still be the dumb nerds 